Take your Bibles and go to Psalms 127. Psalms 127. Uh, I kind of briefly uh, touched on this last week in the Sunday School message where I started talking a little bit about sheltering. And I want to talk about that today, but the title of the message is Sheltering or Shaping. Okay, Now, on one hand, I do believe in sheltering your children, but on the other hand, uh, that's not really the term that I would prefer to use because at the same time, when it comes to sheltering, I think you could take it too far, and I think sometimes people do, and you can end up doing more damage. And so I don't like to think about what I do as a parent so much as uh, sheltering. I like to think it, though, as shaping because obviously there are some things that I don't want my kids to know about when they're real young. That's one of the reasons I don't send them to the public school. I don't want my kids, you know, when they're in kindergarten, first and second grade, you know, getting sex education. They don't need to know about that stuff. And um, as a parent, I believe it is up to you to decide, you know, when they're going to be subjected to certain things. And so uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let's go ahead and go to the scriptures uh, starting out. And uh, let's talk about this idea of sheltering or shaping your children. And so in Psalms 127, a well-known verse says, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. We all know that verse real well, but let's keep reading. It says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And I want you to keep in mind how it, uh, the psalmist here, it compares having children and having a lot of children is like having arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And arrows are something that you can use and you can do some battle uh, with arrows. They're something that can, they accomplish something for you. And uh, we're going to say more about that in a little bit that kind of goes along with this. But I want you to keep that uh, verse in the back of your mind and we're going to get back to that. So uh, this idea of sheltering, okay, when is it good and when is it bad? And the danger of a sermon on this subject is that, you know, if I wanted, I could go and I could start cherry picking some verses and I can make you think I could preach sheltering in a way where you think you got to go move out in the wilderness and, uh, you know, just never see civilization again because, you know, it's, it's just that bad out there and you need to protect your kids that much. And I think we all know we don't need to go living out in the wilderness. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, that is not right. But, uh, you know, we don't need to all just start a compound somewhere. You know, let's just go as a church. Let's buy a big chunk of land and let's go build some houses out there and all live together and, uh, you know, just completely separate ourselves from the world. We'll be self-sufficient. We'll raise some animals and some uh, our own crops and things and uh, never go see society. Okay, I, I hate to be carnal, but, you know, we could go like the village on the, on the movie, the village. Anybody ever seen that before? And then uh, we can just pretend that society doesn't exist and uh, talk about evil creatures that are out there that will get you if you cross this boundary. Um, you, know, we could, you know, we could do that if we wanted to. And, you know, after 2020, I sometimes look at society and I think, you know what, I think those people knew what they were doing. <laughs> I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's a bad idea. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I don't believe we ought to do that. I think that's going too far. And so, and if I wanted, I could go and I could take other passages that makes it clear we shouldn't do those things. And, you know, cause we are supposed to be out here in the world 
So I've got magic verses I can use for either position. But here's the big question that you need to be asking yourself. What should you be doing when it comes to your children? Okay. So let's go ahead and look at a few verses. And let me show you what can be done with these passages. And uh, again, you, you, can, you can take some of this stuff too far. But Jeremiah 10. Okay. If I want to preach real hardcore on sheltering. Okay. And I just, you know, I got stuff I want to say. I got stuff I don't want you guys doing. I got a verse right here I can use and then kind of interpret how I want and I can control you with it. But it says in Jeremiah 10:1, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathen. We got a Bible command right there. You know what? So therefore, you all need to completely separate yourself so you don't learn the way of the heathen. You know, the way that they... Uh, the way they live, the way these people shack up, the way they divorce, all these things that they do, you're not supposed to learn their ways. So you know what? Let's go buy that hunk of land somewhere and let's go move out in the wilderness somewhere. That way we don't learn the way of the heathen. How are we supposed to obey this command of learn not the way of the heathen if we're living among the heathen? How, how are we supposed to do this? Um, and, you know, we can go on. It says, be not dismayed at the sign of the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cut at the tree out of the forest, the work of hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Uh, they are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. That's the anti-Christmas tree uh, verse right there. But that's ultimately about you know making an idol. Uh, that's, that's what that's actually talking about. And when he's saying, learn not the way of the heathen, ultimately what he's talking about here is just being dismayed at the things they tell you should be worried about. You know, you shouldn't be afraid of a statue. You, know, you shouldn't be afraid at the star constellations that are out there because there's going to be bad mojo for you if you're, uh, depending on your horoscope, and I don't even know how all that stuff works, and I don't even know what I am when it comes to that. Some of y'all probably know what you uh what you are because you know you used to be heathen and you know you might have participated in some of that stuff but at the at the end of the day let me just say this to you in this passage in jeremiah when he's saying learn not the way of the heathen here's what you need to understand this was a command to israel as a nation not to participate in the ways of the heathen and to learn their ways and customs this is not so much a command for an individual who lives amongst heathens. And listen, if you live in America, you live around some heathens. And you're going to you're going to hear things, you're going to learn things whether you want to or not. Now what America should have done when we got started, we got started as a Christian nation, they probably should have put a few more things in place to make sure we kept it that way and kept certain junk out. But you know what? That's long gone. And here we are living in this country surrounded by heathen. What do we do? Well, we can follow the principle and we could not participate in those things. You know, so there's a principle we can get from this, but understand you can take it too far and you can get, you can get unbalanced with it. We've got Romans 16 verse 19 for says, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil and so i've got a good phrase there about making sure we don't know anything about what is evil but at the same time if we don't know about certain evils in our country can't that put us in danger too 
You know, aren't there, you know, there's some things, you know, we need to know about. But here's the big question is, when do you learn about it? So, for example, um, we, we know as parents that you need to be very careful about who your children are with. Because we know there's perverts out there, and we know what they could do. Now, do you need to get specific with your kids about that? No. They just need to learn to trust mom and dad and, and to follow your guidance. We, we want to keep them simple concerning those things. But understand, there's going to come a time where, you know, they're going to need to know a little bit more, where they're going to have to understand some things. And so don't let somebody just take these verses and use them to make you go live under a rock. Okay? You can't do that. There's principles that we can all apply. Said so we can all we can also go the other direction, and we could use Jesus's prayer in John 17, uh, where he said in verse 14, "I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world." So right here, Jesus is saying, "Hey, I don't want you to take them out of the world." But I do want you to keep them from the evil. I want you to protect them from harm is what Jesus is praying right there. And we do, we are supposed to be among the world. If we're going to be able to reach the world with the gospel, we can't go live out in the wilderness somewhere. We, we've got to live among society. And if we do that, you know what? We're going we're to learn about a few things. I, there's a lot of stuff I don't want my kids necessarily participating in, knowing much about, but at the same time, uh, if I take my kids out soul winning, they're going to see some things. They're going to hear some stuff. They're going to hear some bad words that, you know, I don't think they should say. And uh, and so the thing is, you know, we could we could isolate certain passages and we could teach an ultra separation where we need to move to our own private island. But if we're honest with those scriptures, you know, we'll realize that like sometimes it's instructions to a nation, not an individual family. But because of our nation rebelling against these things, it does it, it forces us to either go into full seclusion from the world or to face certain things that we would rather not face. And you know what? I wish we lived in a world where we didn't need guns. I wish we lived in a world where we didn't need locks on our doors. I wish we lived in a town where we didn't have to put cameras pointing out in our driveway to keep people from stealing stuff off our van. You know, I, I wish that that was what we lived in. But you know what? We don't live in that. And if we just try to ignore these things, what's going to end up happening is we're going to set ourselves up to get hurt and to get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And so you cannot live in this society today without being exposed to some pretty horrible things. You know, I remember I was 12 years old when I found out what a homo was. But even when I found out what a homo was, I still didn't understand that much about it. You know, and, but, you know, that's how old I was, and I didn't really know that much. But, you know, my kids knew even younger what a homo was because it's so much more rampant in society today. When I was a kid, it was really bad to call someone a queer. And it wasn't because the word was offensive to homos. It was just because you didn't talk about them. That was why that word was so bad because it was – what you were talking about was so bad that that was a bad word. It wasn't that, you know, you shouldn't call those people that, which is where we're at today. That's where we're at today. I mean, I, I keep getting people 
rebuking me on Twitter for throwing out the word homo all the time. It's like, really? You know, like, you know, am I supposed to say the full thing, homosexual, you know, gay? And it's like, you're offended because I'm calling them homos, uh, and, and you can tell by how I type it, it's in a negative light. <laughs> but that's the world we live in today. And when I was a kid, I would have gotten in trouble for saying homo. Again, not because the word's offensive to homos, just you don't talk about them. And we weren't even, you know, we had we got in trouble because we were saying when we would play smear the queer, we were calling it smear the queer. And you know, you don't you don't talk about that. That that was the, that was how I grew up. But it's not that way today. And so what I want to do in this message, though, it, you know, or when it comes to, you know, that challenge of, you know, knowing when to shelter or whatever, the specific, because, uh, you know, I can't just stand here and give you specifics. All right, when they hit this age, this is when they're ready to know this thing. I can't just get up and give you all instructions like that. Well, this is how old my kids were, you know, when I did this, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to do that. That's not how this works. But what I want to do in this message is just give you some things to help you know when the time is right. Because, again, we do want to protect them from some things, but we don't want to make that, uh, we don't want to put them in a vulnerable situation or put them in danger. And one of the things, too, people in the IFV often get criticized for is sometimes our young people are so innocent to some things that they don't know when perverts in the church are grooming them. And that's another danger, you know, to being too sheltering. And he said, well, man, I just, I don't want to have to talk about these things. But you got to understand, we live in a dangerous world. And there is going to be a time, and, and you're going to know, you're the best person to know for your kids when that time is. And so if you have that mindset right, that I'm supposed to be paying attention, I'm supposed to be, you know, working with them, watching them on these things, I believe you'll know what to do. But some, some of y'all are going to just look for an instruction in the checklist, okay? And you know I don't do checklists here because I, I think they're just, they're make, they just enable people to be lazy with their parenting. It enables them to just not even need God, to not even need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you got to understand, your family's different than my family. Your challenges are different than my challenges. And so hopefully these things I give you will help you know when to do these things. So first thing you need to understand is that every family and every child and in every situation is unique and you have to know your children. Okay? We all have our own situation. And back to that passage about as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Okay? Now, we live in a day-to-day where we buy our arrows at Walmart and I mean, they are exactly the same down to a science. But back in the day, you know, they had to go and they had to make their own arrows. They had to go and they had to, they had different branches. They weren't going to be the exact same. You know, they had, uh, they'd make their stone, um, you know, arrowheads and they weren't all going to be necessarily identical. And so a good archer though, you know, he had to know those arrows. You know, he knew how they flew. I remember when I was a kid, I had this one arrow that I would use all the time that was a little bit bent. And it didn't. It, it kind of flew and it would kind of curve and like drop down into the right. I got to where I could, was pretty accurate with that same arrow. And I always knew when I was using that one, all right, aim a little high into the left. And I could still hit things with it. You know what? Because I knew that arrow. I knew how it was going to fly. I knew what it was going to do. And, and a lot of times, too, I had, you know, just different size arrows too, because there's still there's the different size ones you can get, and they all flew a little bit different. 
And you got to understand, as, a, as an archer, you know, you want to hit a target, don't you? And so it helps if you know that arrow. You know how it flies. You know what it can do. And it's the same thing, too, with your children. You have to know your children. You need to know their personalities. You need to know what they can handle and what they can't handle. It, you have to know when they're ready or when they are not ready for something. Only you can do that as a parent. I can't do that for you. You know, I can give advice. I can maybe give some tips. But at the end of the day, if you don't know your child, you know what? When it comes to pointing them in a direction, there's a good chance you're going to miss your mark if you don't know that child. And you got to understand, you know, as parents, okay, and I'm, I'm doing this with my kids, I have a direction that I want them to go. I have a place that I want them to get to. And when it comes to my children, I feel like I know what they need to do to get to that point. You know, you need to know what they want to do. You need to know what they gravitate towards. And, uh, you know, in, in each kid, it's going to be a little bit different. You have to know them. And a good archer, they know their arrows. And a good parent, they know their child. You know, that good archer, he knows how to aim that arrow and a good uh, to hit his target and a good parent knows how to direct their child to hit the target that they want some young men some young ladies they are not capable of handling certain situations and this is why you can't just follow someone else's rules some kids are just kind of natural leaders when it comes to them and a group of kids they're always kind of the one that takes the lead that's just their personality there's others they're more of the followers and so you've got to understand the situation that you're putting them in. There are some there are some churches out there that uh, you know give you know aren't necessarily good places for teenagers, even if their doctrine's pretty good, because it's just a bad group, and you know your teenagers would not do well in there. But it doesn't mean mine wouldn't. You know, again, I kind of you know I know my kids, I know what they can handle, I kind of know who they can handle. You know, I know who will be a good influence, who will be a bad influence. And I try to, you know, direct my kids towards those that will be good influences. Same thing, too, when it comes to your kids getting married. Okay, parents, uh, and we're not talking so much about, you know, finding a spouse for your child right now. But at the same time, you better believe you know as well as anybody, probably better than your child, who would be a good match for them and who wouldn't. And there are certain things, you know, when I with, with my boys, I know their personalities, I know how they are, and it's like, you know, that girl would be horrible for them. You know, and same thing, too, with my daughters. You know, that guy, he would not be good for my daughter. Now, that doesn't and, – and if I say – if there was a guy out there that I wouldn't think would be good for my daughter, that doesn't mean I think he was is a bad guy and wouldn't be a good husband to somebody. I just don't think he would be a good husband to my daughter. And so, so you see how everything you've got, what you have to understand about your family and your children is they are unique. There is not another child in the world that is exactly like your child. And so you have to make sure that you are the one guiding them. And so when it comes to whether or not we're sheltering, it's not that I'm trying to shelter. It's just I'm trying to shape my kids. I want them to go a certain direction. I want them to turn out a certain way. And so I keep certain things out of their life to protect them and to guide them because, you know what, this would be too much of a temptation 
for my child in this area. So I'm going to, I'm going to protect them here where there's other things, you know, I think they can handle it just fine. And so I might not choose to shelter them so much in that particular area. And, and the truth is too, depending on your child's situation. Okay. So for example, if your child is in a public school, I think you need to talk to them about some things, you know, that a homeschool parent probably doesn't need to talk to their kid about yet because your homeschool child doesn't really need to know about that stuff yet. There's some things, you know, the later you find out about it, probably the better. But if your child is going to be subjected to an environment where that kind of thing comes up a lot and there's more dangers, you need to prepare them for that. So you might have to do things a little bit different because you've got to train them for what's to come. And sometimes, you know, parents, it doesn't mean they're bad parents, but sometimes they got to prepare their their kids for some tough things and and some tough challenges. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You got to train them. You got to prepare them for things. You know, for, when it came to my kids, I didn't want my kids growing up in a city. One of the reasons for that, I don't like the city, but you know what? I also don't know how to raise kids in a city. Because, you know, I've heard parents talk, you know, what am I supposed Because it's like, obviously, people like me, we criticize, you know, letting your kid be some little doughboy gamer, you know, in front of the television all the time. But at the same time, what do you do when you live in a city? I have no idea. Now, is there something? I'm sure there probably is. But you're going to have to talk to somebody who lives in a city and let them to explain to you how to not raise a doughboy gamer in the city. Why is it that every kid that lives in the city all has asthma? I don't understand that. Okay, I I don't know why that works. They all they're all allergic to peanuts. You know, they all have all these you know things working against them for why they can't do anything. You know, and the thing is, I don't know how to overcome that. So you know what I did? You know, we live in a small town. We live out in the country because I don't know how to do that stuff. And I don't I don't want my kid to turn out into like one of these queer little millennial types. And so I don't I don't know how to stop that when you live in a city. So I've chosen to live out here in the country. Now, I, I know you can live in a city and not turn out a queer little millennial. Okay? I just don't know how. Okay? So uh, there's, there's other people you'd have to go to for instruction on that. But the reason uh, I'm here, because you know, this environment that I have chosen is to make sure the type of kids that I'm going to raise because of my personality, because of my wife's personality, I think places like this is where they will thrive. I do not think I would do a good job in the city. That doesn't mean somebody else can't, though. Y'all, do y'all understand that? And so too many times what people try doing is they're just trying to imitate what somebody else is doing, and it might not work for you. It might not work for your kids. And so you've got to make sure you're just paying attention to what's going on, and you're making the best decisions for your family. And so every generation is going to have its own unique challenges. You've got to know what your child's going to struggle with by the time they grow up. You you should be able to look ahead and recognize the challenges that your children are going to face and prepare them for it. So, um, you know, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience 
of Christ. So what you need to do, you need to have the wisdom to uh, know what spiritual battles your children are going to face and try to prepare them for it. This is the kind, the, the challenges that we have out here in Rock Falls are going to be different than the challenges people have in the city. And you need, uh, you need to be able to look and see, this is what my child is going to have to deal with. If you grow up in the IFB world, there are specific challenges that we deal with that worldly people don't deal with. You need to prepare your kids for that. You need to make sure they're ready for some of these things. And a lot of times, too, parents, they have no idea what they're getting them, their kids into. They have no idea the situations they're getting their families into. And you need to have the wisdom to think about these things and say, how is this going to affect my family? You know, if I move to this you know, other city or this other uh, location, there's different challenges that come with everything. There's unique challenges that we face today, you know, in, in 2021, especially because of the technology and things we have that our parents did not have. And there's real challenges that come with that. You know, what are you doing to prepare your children for that? Because I'm telling you, one of these days, they're going to get a smartphone. You can try to keep it from them for a while, but eventually they're going to get one. Are, are you preparing them for it? Do they know how to handle it? But there's some there's some places, like in the city, too, you hand those people a gun, they're going to accidentally shoot themselves or somebody else because they have no idea what to do with it. But, you know, when you live out somewhere, a place like this where there's a lot of guns, you know what you do? You teach them how to use it. You teach them how to handle it. You teach them how to be safe with it and to use it properly. It's all training, and these are things you need to know how to do out here. If you're going to go live out in the wilderness, you're going to have to teach them how to skin a deer and how to field dress it and all that kind of stuff. You live in a city, you might not need to know that stuff, but it's just amazing how many parents today, they it's like they don't realize that, hey, you can't just keep that kid locked up in the house. And I've seen it before where you've got parents, all they, all they do is shelter they protect them from everything. The kids don't know anything. And that can only work for so long. Eventually, they are going to have to leave that house. And what ends up happening many times, that what I've seen with the kids who are the most sheltered, is they're the ones that go the most crazy as soon as they turn 18. Because all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I can't shelter them anymore. They've got to get a job. And then they go and they go out in the secular world and they've never faced a temptation before. They've never faced a challenge. Nobody's ever challenged their beliefs before. Nobody's ever challenged them on anything and they're not ready for it. And then what do they end up doing? They just end up going along and getting involved in the worst filth. And the problem is that they only sheltered and they did not shape them. They did not prepare them. And you've got to understand that is, you know, it's, it's going to be ugly. It's ugly out there. There's some real challenges out there. There are some real horrible people. I know when you know when my boys uh, started working, you know, a secular job, you know, out of Pizza Ranch. You know, I mean, I did. I had my concerns just because I knew what they were up against. I used to work in a restaurant. I used to work around other teenagers. And you know what? I wanted to get them out of there as fast as I could, just because. I, and I did. I felt. I, I feel better about them now where they're working. Because I also worked out there too, and while it's a you know it can be a rough group and a lot of these people aren't saved, at least they're manly men, you know. And uh, I think I actually think it's a better environment than what they had before. And but at the same time, there's some challenges there. 
There, there, are, there are some unique challenges there, and I think they're ready for it. I think they're okay with it. And, you know, and there's a part of me as a dad, you do. You just want to protect your kids from everything. You don't want them to have the, the challenges. You don't want them to have to deal with stuff. But at the same time, I also know I got to shape them because I got to let them go eventually. And I want to make sure that they, that they hit the right target. And so uh, you've got to know. You have to have the wisdom as parents to just know when the time is right and how to shape their minds. Don't let the world tell them what to think on these things. You need to tell them what to think on these things. You need, you need, to, let them, you need to let them see it for what it really is. Do you want Hollywood showing your children the drinking and the alcohol lifestyle or do you want to show it to them first because you know what we can show them the real thing just take take them out soul winning you know they can see the real life of the alcoholic that budweiser commercials are not going to show and that's what i prefer to do so i don't even want my kids to know about drinking well i'm sorry they're going to find out about it one of these days and it's it's and you know what time you know what age is it okay to let them see that person out there just, you know, vomiting and, you know, living in filth and all the stuff that goes with being a drunkard? You know, I'm not going to give you a number on that, but I think you'll know. I, I think you'll be able to figure that out. And um, I personally think it's good to traumatize kids' things early with stuff like that, you know. And, let them, you know, and when they're really young, that's probably when they'll be the most freaked out and grossed out by it. And it will immediately instill a hatred for those things. And so when we've seen druggies and drunks out there, and our kids have seen it before, I point it out. And we call them zombies because that's what they look like. And I said, see all those zombies coming out of the bar right there. And we saw one one time out by the post office here in Rock Falls, just staggering around not far from the bar. I told Allie it was a zombie, and she was kind of freaked out. You know, she was a lot smaller then, and it's like it's like he's a zombie because he's been drinking. And I don't think I was lying to her. I mean, a zombie is just a guy who just kind of goes around with no will of his own. He's alive, but he's dead. I mean, that sounds like a drunkard to me. You know, but uh, you know, and and I ho- I hope she remembers those things. And if there's ever if there's ever somebody that tries to tempt her with that. Like, no, she's, you know, hopefully she's got in her head. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Okay? I put that in on purpose. And, and you've got to do that with your children. So you've got to understand, too, though, you know, being exposed to certain things before you're ready, it is, it's dangerous and it can be destructive. So there's some things you don't want your kids finding out about too soon. And you as the parent are the best equipped in knowing how and when to deal with these things. The public school is not best. They do not know the best time to expose your kids to certain things. I do not want the public school being what tells my child what homosexuality is. That is the last thing I want. I don't want them doing it. I don't want the television and the internet telling them. I don't want I don't want the TV, you know, if, if I want my child to find out what a homo is, last thing I'm going to do is have them watch a sitcom that has a homo couple on. I'm not going to let Hollywood tell my child what this is. That, that's the last thing I'm going to do. And you know who else is not best to let your child know about some things that they probably should learn about later or even their friends. And that's another thing you got to understand too. 
is, you know, again, I, I am all for kids having friends. I want my kids to hang around other kids. But you know what? You better be careful about that because sometimes one thing that kids like to do sometimes is they like to tell their friends about how much stuff they know. And you got to watch out for that. And a lot of times uh, these kids, they know things that maybe they shouldn't know. Maybe their parents let them find out way too soon. But at the same time, um, you know, maybe the parents had a reason for letting them know. That doesn't mean it's time for your kids to know these things. They do not need to be introduced to certain ideas and to certain topics by their friends. And you need to also train your children that, hey, if you're ever around your other kids and they start talking about certain things, get away from them. Don't let them do it. Don't let, don't let them bring that kind of stuff up and... Uh, too many parents are letting their their children are being introduced to all these, you know, I'm trying to think of the best word, you know, sometimes scary or even terrible or even just adult topics. They're being they're they're learning about these things from everybody but them. They're learning about it from television, from the internet, from the school, from their kids' friends. You don't want that to happen. You because now they're shaping your child. They're the ones that do, and they don't have, always have your child's best interest in mind. They they don't, so you've got to, you've got to do this. It's your job to do that stuff. And so some of these things, you know, they're major temptations for some people. And when you allow someone else to expose your child to something major, you know, it's it's kind of like handing that arrow over to an archer to somebody who's not familiar with it. They're not going to do as good with that arrow as you would who's used it and who knows it you know they're uh, they're going to end up messing it up and too many times i think parents they're just kind of being lazy and turning a lot of this you know these difficult things over to other people don't do that a lot and it's like a lot of people too even when it comes to the church they want the church to do all the parenting for them and that's and you see that a lot especially in churches when they have Christian schools too, is they, it's like their kids are at the church seven days a week. And it's like, they want the church to do all the parenting too. And there's just some things that's not the church's job. And you've got to do that. You've got to take the responsibility because, you know, I mean, a church and a pastor, they love your kids, but not as much as you do. I'm sorry. You know, I, I love the kids in this church, but I I'm, I hope you all love your kids more than I love your kids. That's the way it should be. That's the way that's the way it should be. And you know, we're we're living in a world where they are they are trying to shape how your children think about everything. Our world has figured out when it comes to uh, you know, especially a lot of the you know sexual preferences and things. A lot of that kind of gets decided at very young ages, and that's why. They're trying to subject them to these things at a younger and younger age so they can get them thinking the way they want them thinking. That's why the public schools, too, are doing so much when it comes to just, you know, propaganda on social issues and things. Instead of just teaching history, instead of teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic, it's it's constant social junk that they're pushing because they know, hey, if we can shape their minds at this young age – that will determine how they will be as adults. And you know what? It's worked. It's worked. So the question is, why are we letting them do that? 
Why are we letting our world, why are we letting the government and the schools tell our kids how to think about certain things? That's our job to do that. But so many people, even Christian people, it's like they want to fit in with the world. And even a lot of a lot of people that are my age that grew up in Christian homes and Christian schools, they found themselves now in this situation where uh, you know they've gone full trendy. They're trying to be more like the world, and it's like they want their kid in the Christian school because they don't want them sheltered like they were. And you know, it's like they want to make sure their kids are you know woke with everybody else. And I think that's insane. I think that is absolutely insane. I'm not letting our world. Tell my family how to think about certain things. You better believe. You say, Pastor, you know, why, why do you have to be so, you know, homophobic and stuff like that? Because I want it to rub off on my kids. You know, we, we live in a world out there where they're telling them to feel completely different. And you know what? I'm, you better believe I'm going to counter that stuff. I can't, you know, Matt, things you say behind the pulpit, what must you say in your home? You don't want to know. Trust me, you don't want to know. Listen, I definitely care about how my church thinks about these things, but I care even more how my kids think. So, you know, you think I'm rough in the, behind the pulpit, it's even worse at home. And and that's what people tell me, too, when they're like, you know, I can't believe you're talking, saying homo and all this on Twitter. And I was like, that's because they censor me on Twitter. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, you want to know what I really think, you know, come talk to me and you know, you'll find out because <laughs> I am. I, I am trying to shape their thinking because it's that's my job. That is my job. And you know what? It is my right. And I don't care what MB, MSNBC says. You know, my children do not belong to the community. And I'm definitely not letting this community tell my kids how to think. I'm seeing what this community is turning out. And I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. And our world's a mess. The last thing you want... and. You know, the last thing you want is them telling your or shaping your child. So make sure you're paying very close attention to your child. If they seem, if you have a child that seems to be more influenced by the world than you, then you might need to adjust some things with that child. You know, hopefully your children love the things that you love and hopefully they hate the things that you hate. But if they do, if they start showing signs of being more attracted or attracted to just every weird thing, that the world puts out, you know, you might have a problem. And let me tell you something. Never underestimate the power of advertising. I'm amazed at the things that my children just automatically love and adore that I didn't teach them to love and adore. And and not even things that are necessarily bad, you know. I mean, I don't know why, you know, my, you know, Kelly is obsessed with Minnie Mouse, you know, and just goes crazy. I'm not that worried about that, but it's like, what... What did they do that made her like that so much? You know, you know stinking cocoa melon, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, what are they doing? You know, and, and I've talked about this before. When Tommy was little and Spider-Man came out, he had never even seen it, and he went absolutely nuts over it. I remember just thinking, how did they do that? I get it if you watch the movie. But it, it's just, there's some, I don't know, man. It's people smarter than me in the advertising world are doing things to reach your children. And so you better be actively working on shaping their mind. Because let me tell you something, they're shaping your mind. You You want to know why people are doing all the dumb things financially that they do? Advertisement. People that are smarter than you 
have been conditioning them, making them think that certain things are normal. This is how you do certain things. And they're going to be a slave to them one of these days unless you teach them different. There's a reason our world is all doing the same stupid stuff because people out there are shaping us. They are molding us into what they want. And you know what? Uh, I, I try to fight. You know, we ought to fight that stuff. But you know what? Let's especially do it with our children. And you better figure out what they're up against and get a battle plan on what is best for your child and your family and your situation. And I believe God will bless you for it. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. Thank you for your word. And I pray, uh, dear God, you'll help us to all take these things serious. We thank you, Lord, for our children. I'm thankful for this church and just how many kids that there are in this church, Lord. These are just valuable uh, treasures that you have given us. And, Lord, we thank you so much for them. And I pray you'll help us as parents to, to not mess this up, Lord. And I pray you'll help us to uh, set these kids up for success and uh, train them in the way they should go. In your name we pray.